Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd, and this is my vomit. Finally, have enough to talk about this week. Last week, I posted the Guardians of the Galaxy panel from Denver Pop Culture Con with uh, Mantis and Craggle from Guardians. Anywho, uh, I am remiss in that last week I should have at least posted something that said "Rest in Peace, Stan Lee." I know this this is coming a little later, and I did get to it on last week's damn. But at time of recording, everything was just going on, and it just didn't time out right. So I want to say rest in peace, Stan Lee Excelsior, creator of... Well, you know. You know who he is. It's been all over the news. There's stuff on social media still. Um, the man was hugely influential on my life. Uh, I started watching Spider-Man cartoons when I was three. And uh, my first tattoo was a Spider-Man villain, Morbius the Living Vampire, from the Midnight Suns reboot of him. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, the man just meant one of the world to me, and he's one of the big three celebrity deaths that really did kind of hit me. It was Hunter Thompson, uh, David Bowie, and, and now Stan Lee, where I did get misty, you know? I did I did get misty. Now, Hunter Thompson, I broke down crying, but that's another story. I, I had met Hunter S. Thompson. I'd never met Stan Lee, but man, it felt like he was my intellectual father, my, my creative father. I mean, the man created the characters I wanted to write. The man made me... The, he created what I wanted to keep creating and build on. Um, I mean, just to, for people to stand on the shoulders of that giant, there are just no words to how the man influenced me and made me feel, so he will be, he will be missed, he will be remembered. And then, no segue... I, I mean, I guess I could make one in poor taste and go, well, speaking of dead, The Walking Dead. Ugh. And there was a ugh at the segue, not at Walking Dead. Though, this season has been good. Um, once again, I only bring up things uh, between mid-season finales and premieres and such um, when there's something to actual, actually say. And The Walking Dead's done a really interesting thing with this flash-forward Um Last season, you had, like, kind of the flash-forward, but it seemed to be just an imagined world from Carl's point of view. This is, like, an actual flash-forward. Things are starting to come together in terms of all the communities, but Rick isn't there. And I don't think they've seen Maggie. I don't think we've seen Maggie yet in the future, either, which is interesting since Lauren Cohan and Andrew Lincoln's... This is going to be their last season. So, how are they going to kill Rick, or what are they going to do with him? Who knows, last time I saw Rick, uh, he was hurt, and he was on a military chopper with the girl from the junkyard, who I think I keep calling Jaundice, um, whatever her name is. She's a creep, though. So I have, I'm, I'm behind by about two episodes of Walking Dead, because I've been watching everything else I'm going to talk about this episode, uh, so we'll, we'll see. But I kind of like the idea of this flash-forward. It's uh, They've been doing that on Arrow, too, where you're kind of like, Wait, how did they get here? And it's a new way to kind of bring in not only new viewers, but to keep the old viewers, because I know when I recommend Walking Dead to people, I go, you know, there are entire seasons that dragged or could have been shorter. I guess that's the same as dragged. But you know what I mean. Uh, that, yeah, what was put forward moves the story along, it moves characters along, but ultimately we're kind of kind of a slump uh, and this new season uh, has been great. I love it. Um, it's kind of brought it back to its like excitement, um, and especially with these flash-forwards. I did watch The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh, that was a thing I saw. 
with uh, Mila Kunis and Justin Theroux, who I love, and Kate McKinnon. It was funny. I mean, I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I, I don't think it did well. It was it was cute, uh, kind of a raunchy buddy comedy Euro trip type thing with spies. Um, I thought Jillian Anderson was incredibly underutilized. Um, I think she's great, and I thought she was really funny playing the straight man to Kate McKinnon. But, I mean, really, it was kind of a paint-by-numbers, I wouldn't call it rom-com, but, like, buddy pick. Um, I mean, it was it, it was fine. It was just fine. And speaking of buddy pictures, I did watch uh, Happy Time Murders, and that was a movie that I really wanted to see in theaters. Uh, Brian Henson, who's Jim Henson's son, created this um, Henson Company kind of subsidiary to do adult movies, and I don't mean porno, though this movie does borderline on it at some points. Um, and it's kind of a hard-boiled crime cop buddy movie like Lethal Weapon, but half the people are Muppets. And once again, it was, once again, paint by numbers, and I think there was a reason why it was paint by numbers, was because it was kind of the first of its kind. I mean, yeah, you could say Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and that was uh, a pinnacle of combining live action with animation, and, I mean, just contractually getting Warner Brothers and Walt Disney together on that is something we haven't seen we hadn't seen before and really haven't seen since except for Ready Player One. But Happy Time Murders, it was... I liked it. I mean, am I, am I, do I regret that I watched it? No. Um, did I? Do I think that they didn't know how to quite market it? Yes. Um, I love that Brian Henson rolled the dice, though. I can totally appreciate that. When I want to do something different that you haven't seen from the Jim Henson Company. Let's do something bold and... I wouldn't say violent, but but bold and different and edgy and R-rated. And I I like to think that it worked. Um, whether people appreciate it and know that it worked or not, I think it did. So I recommend watching it. Let's see. Something I, ooh, something I do recommend watching uh, because it came back on Thanksgiving is MST3K, which is Mystery Science Theater 3000, which... If you don't know the premise of this, it's been around for 30 years, and if you're listening to something called Nerd Vomit, I hope you've heard of MST3K. Uh, basically, a guy gets abducted by a mad scientist, shot into space, and is made to watch bad movies to break his will. And then once his will is broken, uh, that mad scientist, uh, at, at the original start of it, Forrester, uh, will unleash this movie on the world and get world domination by breaking everyone's will. Now, originally, Joel Hodgson was the host, and he built these robot friends to help him sit and make fun of the movies to keep his sanity in check, and it is laugh-out-loud, crying-while-laughing hilarious. Uh, I've loved MST3K for, not since its inception, but when it became kind of a cult hit on Comedy Central, late-night Comedy Central, before Comedy Central was really a thing, and it was still a fringe channel. Um, I've loved Mystery Sense Theater 3000. The movie itself is one of my favorites of all time, and this season does not disappoint... Now, the trick with this is that, you know, as they go through, a lot of the movies were from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and now they've had movies in the 80s. The first episode, which is the only one I've watched from the new season, uh, kind of nicknamed MST3K The Gauntlet, because they made a meta joke about having the new main character, Jonah, binge all six movies. Ha ha ha, binge, get it, because it's on Netflix now. Anyway. Uh, was Mac and Me from 1988, which is a terrible E.T. ripoff, and I think I remember seeing it in theaters. Um, I don't remember, I mean, it didn't make an impression on me other than I, rem you know, it's like I go, I vaguely remember that. 
Um, but I don't remember going, I want Mac and Me toys. Like, I don't remember that at all. But yeah, I was dying laughing uh, watching the first episode. It has not missed a beat since its return uh, last year on Netflix, and it has not missed a beat in the 30 years it's been around, so I highly recommend watching the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, it's also got Jonah Ray, you've got Pat Oswalt, and Felicia Day, Harmar Superstar, they have other guest stars. I think last season they had Joel McHale and Jerry Seinfeld, and I'm sorry for the Danny Boy Pipes are calling in the background. And the reason that I've only watched one episode of MST3K is because I've been playing a lot of video games as well. Now, I'm late to the party on one thing, and fashionably late or on time to the other thing. The thing I'm late to is Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, the third in the Arkham series. I finally beat it. Now, apparently, I have a friend who wants to borrow it. That's not apparently, but that's, that's very real. Uh, and I was texting him, and I said, yeah, I just beat it. And he goes, which ending did you get? Apparently there are three. And I said, oh, I got this one. Uh, and the game's been out for a couple of years, so I'm not really worried about uh, spoiler alerts. But basically, um, spoiler alert. So Batman basically fakes his death. It was something very uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, by Frank Miller at the very end when he kind of blows up everything and fake Bruce Wayne fakes his death to kind of be free of Batman and uh, whatnot, and to take his uh, mission against crime, like, un literally underground. Uh, but basically, he uh, does something called the Nightfall Protocols, and basically, yeah, blows up Wayne Manor uh, after his identity's been revealed by the Scarecrow to the world, and uh, usually, that, that would be ending one. You see Wayne Manor blow up, and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, ending two is you see, like, the world without Bruce Wayne in the future where uh, Robin, uh, the Tim Drake Robin, is marrying Oracle, Barbara Gordon, which I was like, wrong Robin. Dick Grayson should have been marrying her. Uh, Nightwing. Uh, come on. Get on that one, whoever wrote Arkham Knight. I don't know if it was Paul Dini or not. but And you see uh, Commissioner Gordon getting ready for that wedding, and then you see the, uh, this couple about to be gunned down, and like take uh, the gunman gets taken down by a shadowy bat figure. Um, and I was like, huh, all right, well, whatever. And my friend was like, oh no, there's there's totally like a third ending. And I compared our trophies, because we're friends on the PlayStation Network, and I was like, you haven't unlocked it either, asshole. So he wants me to keep playing it until I get that ending, which involves basically getting all the Riddler trophies, which is going to be mind-numbingly fun. It's going to be fun, because I like to do the Riddler challenges, but the trophies are very much... Worthy of the Riddler, they are intricate puzzles that I'm, you know, I honestly, it's, the riddles in these Arkham games are the only things I'm willing to go, I will buy a strategy guide or look them up online because I just want them fucking done. I mean, some of them are skill-based, but the ones that are like puzzle-based, I'm like, fuck it, I just want to get them done. And rumor has it, uh, the Riddler shows up in a giant, uh, like, anime manga robot suit to fight him. Uh, and once I get all the Riddler shit done and beat him, then I'll get that new ending for Nightfall. Because I will have 100% of the game done. But I liked it. I mean, I knew that the Arkham Knight was Jason Todd. Once again, spoilers. Should have said that at the beginning, but I did when I first started talking about this. So don't tweet at me about it. Um, you know, I... Uh, whatever. Uh, we'll We'll see. We'll see. The game's been out for years. I don't know why I said that. Let's just move on to Spider-Man Turf Wars. The new DLC came out um, about a little less than a week ago. 
Um, and I played the first day it came out, and I thought it was a little difficult, um, which is interesting since I've got most of my shit unlocked. But uh, it turns out I had forgotten how to take down these guys with, like, undodgeable bullets with these giant Gatling guns, and I, uh, I ended up hitting the wrong button this morning and went, oh, yeah, that's how I take them down. So I've been playing through it. Uh, I like that there's, like, the Hammerhead Magia turf war going on throughout Manhattan. Uh, Screwball's got new challenges, which give out... I think a better chunk of challenge tokens. I think they're really stingy with it on the original game and the first um, DLC, the heist. But on this one, Turf Wars, I think they kind of figured out like, hey, people are getting really frustrated that we're not. I'm not saying they're handing out like they're not handing them out like jelly beans, but I mean it's a little. I think they kind of changed their metrics uh, in terms of how challenging the challenges are. But I've really been loving it. It's paused right in front of me while I record this as I take a break from it. And the story's fantastic. Uh, it's getting dark uh, in terms of basically Hammerhead kills a bunch of cops and your friend, Captain uh, Yuri Wantantabi, who in the comics is the Wrath, I'm sorry, the Wraith, who I'm wondering if that's going to ever happen, uh, is like pretty much like she grabs a fucking science fiction gun and goes... I'm going to teach Hammerhead fear, and Spider-Man's like, well, this is not going to end well, and that's where I'm at right now. So it is very grounded in that, like, they're not, like, supervillains. Um, it's more of a gang war thing, but it's getting dark in terms of where some of the characters are going, because Yuri's just going to unleash a can of whoop-ass on Hammerhead, so we'll see. Who's not a giant shark, he just has an adamantium skull. So, yeah, Hammerhead. Uh, but that is it. That is... All I've been doing, uh, all I've been watching, and I will be back next week. I'm not going to do like every other episode. Um, I'm going to be building up. I'll talk about probably the conclusion of Turf Wars and probably the next video game I'm playing. And I might talk about some books later. I've been re I've been really getting back into Transmetropolitan, and that's kind of ignited the going back and looking at my library, my massive library of Warren Ellis comics and graphic novels. So maybe we'll get into that next week. As per usual, I don't have a sign-off, and I'm not going to make a rep sound or apologize. I'm just going to say, Excelsior, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Oh man, the worlds he built. I hope you can see them all now. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.